We're now recording. Martha, I'm really excited about our next guest. Oh, me too, Miss Jenna Adler. Jenna is amazing, and we were so lucky to be able to work with her a couple of years ago in our classroom in JK. Yep. She was amazing with incorporating technology through like the projects that we are doing in our classroom and also just within her management style. She yeah. Was yeah. And like when we say management, like she wasn't like, it, it just wasn't what you normally think. She just like really engaged the kids, but she also just had this way about like really respecting children and their rights. And she really believed that because it showed all the time in the stuff she was doing with them on the rug and just the way she would interact with them. But she was able to also use like technology to give them a voice during our large group meeting times. And it was awesome. We both learned a lot, I feel like. So much. Um, even just through the technology she was using, like the online sources, like uh, Seesaw, which we'll talk about. Yep. Still, still love it. Love us. Canva. We didn't even talk about Canva. She introduced oh. Canva. I know. She also told us about Canva, which everyone needs to go check out. It's basically just like free, beautiful web design that you can just print out. Not web design, um, graphic design. Yeah. And my sister is actually a graphic designer and she's like, this is pretty legit. She's like, and we don't even pay for it. So if you pay for it, it's probably even more legit. I might say it's too legit to quit. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, we knew that Jenna Adler would be an amazing resource for this week's um, episode topic, which is distance learning. Yes. Um, and distance learning was terrifying for me, like absolutely terrifying for me when we found out we had to do it. And you were the one that got me through it. You were like, Lindsay, we can do this. We- but you have a secret. What's your secret? Let me tell you my secret. It's my guilty secret. <laughs> guilty secret is I was just you know, we go to work every day so early and that's great. And that's needed. That's needed because we also provide some childcare for families. But let me just say this, the opportunity to work from home was enticing. So I was like, okay, why not? Let's, you know what, you could look, you could have looked at it really negatively or positively. And we did, we jumped on board and we rocked it and got me on board. It ended up being lovely. On board, we laid it. It was an emergency sitch, and we did really good because that's all you You can only do your best. Yeah, and I feel like one thing that we decided to really focus on was the three C's. Yes. So we um, kind of learned, and we had been kind of doing this just because all early childhood people will know about the, the, how important these are. And I'm sure everyone is already doing these things, but we watched a webinar pretty early on in distance learning and someone kind of put it to words and they said the three C's of distance learning, the things that should be focused on are connection, consistency, and then content in that order. So obviously children really need that connection, especially during a time where everything is so uncertain. They need the connection with their teachers. They need the connection with their peers. They need the connection with their parents. And we need connection with the parents too. They need that consistency, just like us. It really helps to you know, regulate the anxiety that comes with the unknown, um, having like a schedule and consistent things happening weekly. And then 
the content, you know, comes in less and less for younger children. Obviously we want to build in some content. So that content piece comes last once you establish connection and consistency. Um, so we, we really focused on that and we got through it and yeah, we're not in distance learning anymore. We should say, and there are some good suggestions from Jenna too, just in case we should have to go back into it. Cause you never know. You never know. Suggestions. So, yes. and we know a lot of people are learning distantly. So yeah. we wanted to bring this as a resource and yeah, Jenna is, she has been a first grade teacher for a number of years now, like two or three, three years, I think. Yeah. And she um, has just really done some awesome things with technology that are still pretty simple and center around only a few platforms, like maybe just one or two. She really gives some good advice. She, like I'll just say right now, she says, keep it simple. We talk about that. Really get to know one platform and use it to the best of its ability. And you'll be, you'll be smooth sailing. Sailing smooth. Sailing smooth. Yeah. Anyway, um, without any further ado, we hope you enjoy our interview with Jenna Adler. So Jenna, we know a lot about your background, um, but if you could just get into it a little bit for our listeners, that would be awesome. Just kind of like your teaching history and maybe like how you got to be or how you feel you got to be so comfortable with like technology. Because just for people who don't know, when Jenna and Lindsay and I all worked together, Jenna was just always like whipping stuff up. <laughs> like, oh, I got my computer and there's this cool program and there's this cool thing and all the kids are like, Oh my God. So, um, yeah. So, so I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher when I was 11 and I asked my mom for an overhead projector for my 11th birthday so that my beanie babies could like watch the overhead. So I guess, um, that's a form of technology back in the day when I was 11 that, you know, I was always thinking about new and innovative ways to, to show things. And I'm sure my beanie babies really benefited from that. Um, you know, my mom's a teacher. So, so I was always kind of following her around, but I began teaching 10 years ago. I've always done like primary grades. So kindergarten, first grade, junior kindergarten. Um, it's, it's my sweet spot, probably because everything for me turns into a song and they're really receptive to it. But once they hit like third grade, it's, it's, they're like, get out of here. I don't want I don't want to hear you singing anymore. But, um, yeah, just in terms of technology, um, I, I really feel like my interest in that sort of started when, I joined the the Twitter community. Um, teachers are like the number one users of Twitter, which you don't usually think about it like that, but they really are. And through being on Twitter and connecting with other educators who are just always like throwing around different resources and um, connecting on that platform, that's when I really got interested in it. Um, and so that's just how it started. It was something that I did on my own and I used to teach English as a second language and ESL learners really need a lot of visuals and vocabulary 
And with the technology, I was able to bring that into the classroom. And I saw how it not only benefited them, but, but all learners. So that's, that's how I kind of got into that. It, well, it works because mm -hmm. I, I just remember feeling like, wow, this stuff is so great for just like engagement. And I feel like your, um, your management of like, the large group learning times were, was really strong or is really strong. Yeah, so good. So getting into distance learning. Well, I guess before we do that, like we should probably say that right now we're not distance learning. So this yeah. is all stuff that we've done. You've done in the past um, because last March we started distance learning and we did that until May, June, June. Yeah. And yep. And so, yeah, I guess let's talk a little bit about like, did anything surprise you about like the whole process or what kind of just like stood out to you about distance learning in general as as a normal in-person teacher yeah i think one of the things that surprised me the most is you know you were saying you're so good at technology i think for everybody who jumped on board with distance learning we all quickly learned that like you could be so well versed in technology, but when you throw a pandemic into the mix and something so unexpected, um, you know, things don't always go according to plan. So I think I learned really quickly to be okay with failure and to be okay with trying new things and that the kids, we ask students to try new things all the time. So I think it's super important to have them, have ourselves, you know, mirror that and and say you know today I'm gonna try something new it it might not work or I'm gonna try this new function on zoom and and to kind of be okay with things not going according to plan the thing that I learned really quickly was that it's important to pick one platform that you're comfortable with and that does the trick and for for us in lower school it was zoom and to just be really comfortable with zoom and you're gonna hear about so many other amazing resources, but you have to kind of learn to filter out some of that until you're ready to add that next layer. And I think we were just comfortable starting out with Zoom and making that great and making that about connecting with the kids each day and allowing, you know, all those features in Zoom to be explored and used before we moved on to something else. I love that. I feel like, you know, it was everyone's mantra, like, it's okay to fail, it's okay to fail. And like, maybe some people were not comfortable with that at all. Some people were able to be a little bit more comfortable with that. But I love what you said about um, just getting comfortable with one thing, because I haven't, I really hadn't thought about that, because it did feel like there was like this onslaught of like, websites and just like things you could try platforms you could try and it did feel like am i am i putting my students at a disadvantage if i'm not but i love what you're saying about how just zoom and like making sure your teachers and your team was like really comfortable with all the functions of zoom so that you could use it to the best of your ability and then like slowly build from there right and even like you know we would do like an activity like a would you rather activity mm -hmm. and even on zoom i would have the kids there's those little reaction buttons so mm -hmm. i was like if you would rather spend a day at a water park go ahead and hit the heart reaction button. But if you would rather spend the day at Chuck E. Cheese, go ahead and hit the party 
reaction button. So it's kind of, you know, using those features that are already built in and being able to do some of those other activities that might be on a website that you're not ready to introduce yet. Right, right. It really comes down to yeah, being comfortable and just trying. <laughs> yes. Making, being comfortable making mistakes and trying new things, but also just less is more almost. Yeah. <laughs> less, less is more, especially in like an emergency situation. Yeah. We're just getting by. Yeah. And, and the real, at the end of the day, the most important thing is just that, that connection. So mm -hmm. if Zoom does that, then, then that's, that's all you need. Um, I also yeah. feel like I, I kind of went back to that idea, you know, working with you guys in a Reggio inspired environment of, you know, the image of a child and them being very competent and giving them the reins to kind of handle these new technologies. Um, I actually decided that I was going to try some interactive Google Slides with the kids. So I shared those Google Slides. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. How are they going to navigate this? You know, I have a question of the day each day and I wanted them to move like a little chip from, from, their, from the top of the board. And I wanted them to move it in a 10 frame so that we could talk about it. And I was so nervous. And then I was like, you know what? They can do it. And if they, if, you know, the image gets blown up and it's giant and it's big, we're going to work through it and we're going to learn how to resize it and they can do this. And I think, you know, just giving them the reins a little bit and allowing them to explore too. I love yeah. that. And, and it's also a tool like that a lot of people are comfortable with. Um, Google Slides, just in yeah. case someone doesn't know, it's nice because it kind of just like is a giant whiteboard too, because you can just kind of move things around the screen. It doesn't have like weird formatting. Right. If there's, actually, it, there's actually a great resource that I wanted to share with your listeners. Mm -hmm. um, her name, and maybe you could like link it to the show notes. Her sure. name is um, Teresa Willis and her website is TeresaWillis.com and it's Teresa, T-H-E-R-E. S-A, Wills, oh, Wills, W-I-L-L-S.com. And she has a bunch of templates, Google slide templates that are already made that are tailored for pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade. There's one where um, she has pictures of each one of the little kids and there's different like emojis. And she says, pick an emoji from the top and drag it to your picture to talk about how you're feeling today. Um, there's different games that she has, the templates where the kids can actually like touch a spinner. So um, that's a great resource. That's so cool. And the, the reason it works is because if you share a Google slide um, mm -hmm. with your students um, or their parents or whatever, then they can edit it by moving things around the screen in like the same way they would a magnet on your real whiteboard or you know a, a dry erase marker or something like that so that's a really awesome resource we'll definitely we'll, put that we'll in. definitely put it in um why don't we just get into a little bit about like so just thinking about like simplicity i think for us and a lot of the learning we did during distance learning was around this idea that we really liked of connection, consistency, and content. So in, and in that order. So like first the connection of like, we're, cause it was such a traumatic experience at times. Um, you know, we're still a community. I'm still your teacher. We're still a classroom. So making sure you have that connection, um, the consistency, which we know like kids really thrive on 
um, like with routine and like a schedule almost, especially during a time when there's not much of that or felt, much to do. I feel like parents also really love, love yeah, that. Yeah, they wanted you know, they as much schedule as possible. And then the content. And for us as pre-K teachers, the content was definitely lower on the list because we didn't have like that, also that pressure. But I'm sure in first grade, there was more pressure to get learning outcomes that you had planned on getting in person. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, maybe we'll first talk about connection and um, some ways that you fostered connection and we'll go through the other two. Definitely. So connection, you know, every day we would start off with a morning meeting and that would be on Zoom. And I know you guys did that too. For us, it was, it started off as an, as an optional thing. We didn't need to have a morning meeting every day, but going back to that idea of consistency, it was so important just to like set the tone and have the kids come in and greet each other. And we followed that same schedule that we did in the classroom. So, you know, the only thing that was different, I would tell the kids is that we're not really sitting around the rug, but we would follow that same morning meeting routine where we would greet one another. Um, and then we would do a, a question of the day, kind of like how you were talking about before. And then we would do a game or activity. And usually those were something simple, like, you know, even having one kid turn off their camera for a second and change three things about themselves. And then we would try to, they would turn their camera back on and then we would try to guess what those three things that they changed about themselves was. They loved that one. That was a, a fan favorite. Or even just having an opportunity to create a few breakout rooms in Zoom and having um, a little bit of talk time with, with some different people. Um, we did, what other activities did we do that we loved? We did like some silly Mad Lib stories as an activity that we would share the screen and they loved that. And then we ended with like a mindful moment or we set an intention for the day or we did like a brain break. And those are things that we do within the classroom. So it was that point of connection that was really important. And then we had other opportunities throughout the day uh, based off of mirroring our schedule in school. And those were usually in the small group or one-on-one. -on -one. I find that, you know, even just dividing the class in half and having, having half of them made such a big difference for that connection piece. Yeah. Um, they were all able to have their voice and they were all able to have a chance to talk to one another. So um, the small group and the one-on-one -on -one time was really important yeah and we ended with a usually with a closing circle um just to kind of close out the day or um we also use another platform that i'll mention called seesaw um so you also taught us like, yes oh, no. digital to jk i know it's a digital learning platform so the kids were able to um you know, post on there and they could share a picture with friends and they could comment on the picture at the end of the day. So that was another way that we connected a lot was, um, you know, an asynchronous way to connect. We weren't necessarily live, but we used that Seesaw platform as a way to share with each other. Oh, I like that. I feel like too, a lot of your connection is wonderful because you didn't have to like recreate the wheel and you just used things that you did in the classroom and just kind of brought it online. 
Yeah, everything really looked the same for them. We we talked about our schedule every day. We reviewed, you know, what it was going to look like. So they had that, they, the kids like thrive off of structure. So even when they were home, it was nice for them to see that. Um, just to be able to preview it. So, less, so much less stressful for you and for all teachers to know, like, I don't have to do anything wildly different. Like, let's just keep that consistency and do what we did in the classroom, you know, as much as possible. And how much, how many like you would do your morning meeting, but then like, were there assignments like more kind of on different platforms or would you come together in zoom for like extra lessons or how did so that we had, we had, um, like a math lesson every day. So, and, a and a reading lesson or reading and writing a literacy right. lesson every day. Those were live. Um, and they were, they were usually short and sometimes it would be like just delivering a, you know, 10 minute mini lesson. And if the kids preferred to work in front of the camera, they could, but they could also go off and do it on their own and submit work using Seesaw. And, you know, the thing about Zoom that I've been thinking about is, is not, I, at first I was like, do I wanna, do I wanna require that the kids have their camera on at all times? And then I thought about it more and it's like, we don't love to look at ourselves and stare at ourselves all day. And if they want to turn their camera off, like I feel like that should be an option. Not everybody wants to, you know, welcome everybody into their home all the time either. There are things that that feel private about a home too. Um, so some kids just like to kind of do their work on their own. Some of them like to hang out on Zoom and have the teacher there or have some friends there. I've been seeing a lot of teachers who are um, allowing kids to have like different choices of like, this is a quiet Zoom work room where like, you know, you can have your, you will have your mute button on, but everyone's still there. Or this is a quiet work room where everyone uses the chat to communicate. Or if you wanna go in this room, you're entering a room where everybody has their camera on and we're collaborating. So kind of setting the expectation for, for what you're going into. This is, that's like yeah. so cool. The idea of just, and like, we would never think about that no. because like we didn't do like assignment work, but it's so cool to that idea, like just hearing about what older grades did. Um, the idea that, you know, a zoom room that really builds community, just having like a being near you virtually, but like, you just know that you're with other people mm -hmm. and for support too. Like, for asking questions. And yeah, because that's how our classroom functions. You know, it's not it's not silent all the time or we're not we're not in solitude in our room. Like a classroom functions in a way that, you know, we might be sitting next to the person. It's just nice to have that that person next to you when you're doing writer's workshop just to kind of feel their energy. And it appeals to like different learning styles too. Absolutely. Right? I'm going way back to morning meetings. Did you yeah. find that a lot of your students would show up? Because we really found that most of our students would be there because they loved that morning connection point. Yes, they they all showed up. They loved to be there. I think if you make it uh, consistent and predictable and interesting, and even like on Mondays, we would do like mystery Mondays where we had like the kids would take a picture of something in their house, um, like a number of objects, you know, so they would take a picture of like, 25 paper clips and you weren't you had to estimate how many and and they would give different clues to their friends so you know just having some built-in things that they have that they're excited and they're looking forward to is fun that's super fun that is 
Um, yeah, it's a way to bring in the home too. You know, if, if you're at home, we did a lot of things with, with math in terms of using your home and making it mathematical. So, you know, I would tell the kids today, build something with your Legos or any sort of building material, but you need to use, you know, 60 of that. And then we would put it up on the board and I would put up two of those pictures that I got and I would ask them, what's the same and what's different about these things? Or I would have them for snack. I would say, take a picture of, of something that you had for snack. And, you know, if somebody had like three pretzels over on one side and somebody, I would put that side by side with a picture of, you know, 10 goldfish or something. And we would have a math talk all about, all about what they were doing at home, which was really cool. Hey, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, also clarifying question, were your kids like using their own technology to re respond to you or were parents involved or how did that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So I feel really lucky that last year we had one-to-one -one iPads in our first grade setting. And yeah. so the kids were super comfortable using the iPad. Um, I'm grateful this year that we started in person because it's given the first graders this year a chance to have that technology and play around with it before going home. So yeah, they they brought their iPads home once distance learning came and they were they used those devices. And not everybody obviously has the ability to do that. And so I felt like we relied heavily on parents just because, you know, loading things onto Google from the phone and stuff like that was kind of difficult for our students. So I felt like our connection with parents like skyrocketed to a point mm -hmm. that it had never been to. Yeah. What about you? Oh yes, definitely. It, it, it became, it came to the point where like I needed to start setting boundaries too. And I think something that was really helpful for me is I once a week set up like a little lunch and learn where um, the parents who were available could come in and they could ask questions or I would give tips just about, you know, even like how to, how to console a child if they're, if they're feeling angry at home or how to use the technology. So it wasn't just technology tips, it was all kinds of tips. Um, just for them to feel, yeah, because they took on the role as teacher and that was, that was a lot for them. And um, having that, that scheduled time benefited me too, because I was able to be like, oh, that's a great question to save for the lunch and learn. You know, and I, I also felt like I had to be on my email all the time because I didn't want to miss anything. And that, yeah, my I mean, hours were your hours were more right. Long than right. right. That's what everybody's been saying about the pandemic, right? That their hours have just like working from home. Your hours have grown because it's hard to know, you know, when to turn it off. <laughs> I, I, as somebody who's like always trying to figure out, like, how can I just be like just so such a part of the family's like life like how can i how can we grow the the relationship there it was like really interesting to me how that opened up and it was probably one of the positives of distance yeah, I agree. And it's definitely like things that i've brought in to the classroom right now being in person like i feel like i've had zooms with a few of my kids before school who needed who needed me to reach out i've used zoom now even though we're 
in person and I've used it to connect with families. Like we have mystery readers every Friday and I give the kids clues today. I gave them a few clues and then the mystery reader was somebody from their, from their home, a parent in the classroom and, and they popped in and the kids were so excited. So I feel like it's a, it's a good way to bring, bring the parents in for it's sure. It's an awesome way to bring your parents in. It's definitely something we're doing too. I think it's like, who knew? Zoom is, you know Not, what? It's still with us. What's, a, what's <laughs> the mother, is what is the mother of invention? What's that, what's that saying? I don't know. Uh, something is the mother of invention. It's oh, going to drive me nuts. Let's just yeah, say it's it pandemic is the mother <laughs> of invention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like, like, Lindsay's Googling. I okay. have to Google. Now that you said that, I have to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Necessity is a mother of invention. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was because we needed we needed it, and here we are. Yeah, sweet. So let's move on. I'm trying to like add. Can I tell one more thing that I did that the kids loved? Yeah, on Zoom. So there's a button on Zoom called like remove this child. So at the end, at the end of our meetings, they loved this. We all said goodbye to each other first. But I would wave, I pretended to wave a magic wand and I would say wand goes left, wand goes right, poof to you, you're out of sight. And I would remove that child one by one and they would try to guess who I removed. So I would remove them and they'd be like, oh, like so-and-so is not here. And then I would do it again. Wand goes left, wand goes right, poof to you, you're out of sight. And I would hit remove child and one by one that was a way, instead of like a greeting, that was a way to say goodbye. So it was really fun. That's hilarious too, because a lot of times a lot our kids would still be like lingering and we would not want to have a meeting, like a teacher meeting. (laughs) Yes. Okay, we have to start a new Zoom because someone it was a nice see that's just like another thing to like explore all the features that Zoom has to offer. And like removing a child is a feature in there, or remove this participant. So, you know, we would we turned it into a little game and a creative thing and they loved it. Yeah, and also I feel like you did a lot of learning with the students, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The risk taking and then the learning with the students is great. Absolutely. So consistency, I we kind of talked about a little bit about yeah, this. Yeah, so kind of rolls into much more to say. But it rolls into connection. Yeah, just in all, it just sounds like you were consistent in the in the things that you were doing and a lot of that involved connection and stuff like that. But yeah, um, and just keeping the things the same as we did in school, you know and moving those kinds of things on to, on to Zoom. And yeah. then like I would really schedule, con- sounds very consistent too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, like you said, like you added something and like, I guess going along with boundaries and the parents thing, like that is consistency too, like adding that lunch and learn so that um, that's like adding a new thing for parents um, because we all need consistency. We don't want to live in a crazy schedule that changes all the time. Let's just go to content. So um, I feel like, can you just like ramble off a list of some of your like little, like you have, a, you had a mystery, what'd you say? Mystery? Mystery Monday, like sort of like number talk. So, you know, like having the kids take a picture of a bunch of objects uh, that they have. And then we would project it on the board and they would give clues about how many was inside of that jar. So they would be like, oh, it's an, my first clue is it's an odd number. And then the kids would type something in the chat and they would be like, my next clue is it's greater than 50. And the kids would type numbers into the chat. The next clue is it's a count by tens number. And, you know, so, so it was kind of a way to um, 
get, get their home, something from their home for other kids to see and for them to share and for them to kind of take the lead, which was really cool. So was it usually math centered? Yeah. So that we, we do, we do every Monday in math at school anyways. Um, so, you know, we found a creative way to, to bring it home, which was great. That's really Um, cool. Yeah. What other offerings did you have? What other offerings did we have in terms of like kind of learn? Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned with like Google slides, like I tried to make a few Google slides so we could play math games and I could have the kids physically move objects. Cause I really wanted them to be able to, to do that. Um, Wait, let me re let me reframe a little bit actually. Um, like in terms of like student interest and stuff, do you feel like overall you were able to like get kind of emergent or what do you feel like you were having to do a lot more like kind of direct instruction? instruction. We definitely did. We did more, but also with our age, I felt like it was so important to make it fun. Yeah. We, we totally still, age, it right? still sounds fun. Like, you know, and it sounds like you had lots of time for them to interact, but like I found it was hard to be like, yeah, we couldn't do our, you can't observe as much. I don't know. Can't observe as much for sure. But I feel like if you kind of like, even for our phonics program, you know, it was fun to use the fact that they were home as a way to kind of enhance that curriculum. So, you know, go find something that's, you know, starts with a b sound and bring it into the screen. So just, you know, trying to, trying to make it, trying to make their environment a part of the learning. And I know in a Reggio inspired curriculum, you guys always talk about the environment being a teacher. Well, they weren't at school, so that, that wasn't possible, but maybe their own environment could be, could be their teacher, which was why we did a lot of things where they would take pictures of their work and, and send it in, or they would record a video. And then I would share that video with the students. I know we did like a, a virtual field trip one day all around Chicago and the kids wanted to build different things out of Legos and engineer different landmarks in Chicago. And, and they wanted to share that on zoom. So we all came together and we, and we shared it on zoom for writing. It was, it was actually a great platform to be able to share our writing on zoom because Mm -hmm. the kids were able to, you know, have the floor and everybody else was able to mute and they were able to, (laughs) yep, they were, the mute button was on and they were able to, to have that opportunity to share. Um, there was a lot of picture taking, a lot of video recording, and again, like even posting something, even posting a picture can be an example of a provocation, right? Like, you know, it can, it can spark curiosity. It can, um, it can inspire something for the day. So kind of thinking about that a little more. Yeah. Getting a little creative and still trying to bring some of those like ideas and inspirations in. Um, this class I took, I need to brush up on what exactly she did, but this class I took this summer, this one teacher really used the learning in the classroom that they were doing and brought it to home with like this whole seed study, which was like really cool and had not occurred to me at all, but it was, everything was so sudden when we went on, went to distance learning in March, it was like, whoa, we have to, like, I'd never in my life had thought about teaching online. It's really hard to adjust. So I feel like, 
I, yeah, feel, I, like, I feel like this year we have a whole different mindset. Right. It has to happen. And now people are putting out stuff just like right. we are resources. Like we this is how we can do it. I'm like new toolbox. I'm like, <laughs> are we ready to go to distance learning? Cause I'm ready. Like maybe it could be nice to like try it a few days a week. I always said that, like, I wish before it happened in March, we had like a little orientation, you know? So it would be nice. Like, if it wasn't just so sudden, if we had a little orientation for the parents and for the students, you know, to yeah, kind of yeah. some of that stuff. It wasn't just so sudden. I felt like stifled by that, but we definitely have way more tools in our toolbox. Yeah. I also feel like even though the kids are here right now in person, I kind of next week think I'm going to plan something where we can have like a evening Zoom, like a little Zoom evening, just so that they can be used to signing on and, and and sharing and practicing with the different tools. I made like a bunch of visuals for, for my students. Like it's like preparing Zoom next week one evening causes me less stress than it would during the week when I'm trying, you know, if we have to suddenly go to distance learning. It's doing things to try to proactive and exactly having fun being proactive instead yeah. of scrambling and being yeah, like a pajama party like could be yeah. so fun you know like a zoom pajama party and bring your ice cream or something bring your little dessert oh my god i love that bedtime story right i'm doing it um let's move on to so it sounds like your the writing or in your literacy kind of block worked mm-hmm. really well on zoom yeah definitely um, anything else that worked amazingly over distance learning that you think even possibly worked out better than if it were in person? Yeah, I think just giving the kids a little bit more time with their, to be in charge of their own schedule, you know, in, in our classroom, we're big with like the group plan and, right now we're all having snack but i learned that you know some kids need more than one snack a day or some kids like to have snack at this hour and they were able to do that at home so i think a lot of kids thrived in that situation or you know they were they were doing their writing assignment after lunch instead of in the morning because they were more focused after lunch and they were going outside for a walk in the morning and you know they just had more more liberty to kind of create their own schedule. So I feel like a lot of them thrive. That's really awesome. How about anything that just failed? (laughs) Flat out, was a flat work. Yeah, I think think when I tried to like, like you guys were saying, like add in too many, too many fun things. You know, like I said, I love to, love to connect with other teachers on Twitter and you hear about like, oh, wow, try, try Flipgrid, try this, try that, try, and you want to try all this stuff. And it's, it's hard to introduce new technologies through Zoom. And um, like I said, I, I realized that just kind of sticking to the simple stuff was, was the best. And I was like revising things every day. I think like, I mean, the name of this podcast, the Reflective Teacher Podcast, clearly, like, we are reflective educators. That's who we are. But I think even more in distance learning, it just required so much more reflection because everything was so new. And, um, you know, you were trying so many new things out. And it was fun. It was exciting. And it was fun. It was fun. It was not over, like, the shock. When it. something <laughs> really worked, you were like, yeah. 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 Like, those were good days. Yeah. Where do you, yeah. And that's, that's, I think, you know, my mom's a teacher and she's, 
she's in her sixties. And so she had to learn all of this stuff too. And she was so nervous because it was something that she hadn't done before. And I think she got it. And I think she felt so good about herself and she, she benefited from it. And she also had a great, uh, source resource and that's another thing that I would say is like have somebody that you feel comfortable like testing things out with first or like a a network of people and it's nice that you guys have each other because you could be like all right I'm gonna practice zooming with you now but you know practicing breakout rooms for the first time I was like calling all my relatives I'm like all right hop on everyone (laughs) yeah that's great okay and one more thing I was gonna ask it was there any ways that you found to assess children oh yeah yeah, so using that, using Seesaw, which is like our virtual learning platform, was super helpful. And it's it's a tool where kids can take pictures and annotate over their pictures and explain their thinking and type and write and record. And I, they would submit their work and then I would comment back to their work. There's like a little button where I could either type back to them or I could audio record back to them and they just loved that they loved having the feedback I think I even gave more feedback and assessed even more at distance learning because there was so much you know work coming through seesaw that I was able to comment on all the time and I learned a lot about you know giving really specific feedback to the kids and that was something that was one of my goals you have the yeah. time to like yeah. sit in your house and like know what to yeah. say, which is mm-hmm. nice because sometimes on the fly, you're kind of just reaching for your toolkit. Of right, exactly. So it was oh, nice. I got to sit true. with their work and I got to really, really see their work. And yeah, yeah. I would definitely, Seesaw was a, was a life changer. I'm yeah. so happy that we had it and the kids knew how to use it. Yeah, it's a great platform. Seesaw is awesome. We, we still use it in here for like assessment and just observations and um, so besides connection, consistency, and content, is there any other area of distance learning that you feel is important to discuss before we close out? Um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that, that I've really been thinking about, like I mentioned before, was just that we're really lucky to be in a school where kids feel like very proud of their home environment and they have access to to join in on zoom um but that's not always the case and to just be super sensitive to to what's going on at home and if kids need to turn off their camera or if there's a situation where someone can't be on the zoom call to just be be sensitive to that i love that we don't have anything about that in here so important and yeah, it's it's because we were in this bubble. So yep. I love that. Like always have air on the side of sensitivity um, when it comes yeah, to Yeah, I, I remember last year, I was always like, everybody cameras on, I want to see your face. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, there's something about a camera too that can be super invasive and just yeah. knowing that we're we're all going through a lot right now. And, and sometimes you show up in the way that feels most comfortable to you. I love that. Yep. That's a perfect way to end it. You (laughs) are a genius woman. This is great. I'm happy that we got to do this and make it happen. I'm really happy we got to do this. It's going to be a good episode. Thank you so much. Of course. My pleasure. See you next guys. Bye. So that's our show. If you want to learn more about Jenna and the awesome teaching that she does, you can follow her on Twitter at, at 
jwine89. That's jwine, W-E-I-N. Um, she just got married and she used to be Jenna Weinstein. Now she's Jenna Adler. Uh, for more information on the things we talked about on this show, you can head to our website. That's www.thereflectiveteacherpodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at the Reflective Teacher Podcast. Thanks for listening.